1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up show. Game Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, September the 29th, 2021. Today's show, I give my brief takeaways to Shane Beamer's Tuesday Pressers. as the Gamecocks head coach looks ahead to this weekend's game against the Troy Trojans. Guys, also on that note, it is Wednesday. We are talking gambling here on a hump day, guys. First things first, best bet for South Carolina's game this weekend at Williams-Rice Stadium against the Troy Trojans, as well as our... Our SEC Gambling Picks for Week 5, guys. We've got a packed slate of games this upcoming weekend and a packed show here on a Wednesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention that companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee owners Owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys. So with Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer twenty years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for, guys. Whether in the Upstate or across the state of South Carolina. If you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, UpstateMoversGroup.com. That's UpstateMoversGroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. <music> Boys and girls, happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips. Here's the Spurs Up show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We have got a packed show here on a Wednesday. A lot to get into. First things first, folks, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope the show... Find you well, no matter where you are, what you're doing, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you've got the day off. Maybe you're in class, whatever it may be, guys. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. You know, this is a really special week, guys, and it's been really cool. Like I told you guys last week, we're at a really cool point in the history of the Spurs Up show and the history of the business. And, of course, I will talk about this more tomorrow and especially Friday once we move from September to October. But just to give you guys a heads up, we have completely shattered and I mean shattered the all-time downloads record in a month for the podcast so again guys I I really sincerely mean it when I say thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in to interact to engage to rock and roll with the content and rock and roll with everything we do man again I, I the Spurs Up show would not be what it is without you all so again thank you all so much for the continued love and support man it's a great day to have a great day and here we are on a Wednesday, talking Gamecocks football. We'll start first, of course, with Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference. As Coach Beamer spoke to the media ahead of this weekend's game and what looks to be really a pivotal non-conference matchup and a pivotal week for South Carolina football in regards to making progress and improving and showing promise in the first game of what I believe is a really big three-game stretch for South Carolina. First with Troy this weekend, then Tennessee on the road in Knoxville the following weekend, and of course the following weekend coming back home to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, from Shane Beamer's comments, nothing really crazy in regards to, I think, what Coach had to say about the Troy Trojans. Of course, tomorrow and Friday, we will do a much deeper dive on Troy, the challenge they present. Of course, he was very complimentary of Troy, their football program, everything they have to offer. A lot of coach peak, of course, if you will, which is what a lot of the Tuesday media availabilities are. But you could not ignore the overriding message from Shane Beamer on Tuesday afternoon. It sort of echoed the message I've been giving all week long to this point. When he said this, guys, quote, the sky is not falling. I posted this on social media yesterday, guys, and I would urge you all of this. And it's a little harsh. You might think it's a little extreme, but it's the truth. Guys, if you have friends right now, and and it's truly a mind-blowing conversation, And a mind-blowing statement that I'm about to address and about to make. But if you have friends out there that are reaching out to you, that are texting you, that are calling you, that are DMing you, that are interacting with you in any sort of way. Hey, it doesn't have to be just friends. Friends, family, acquaintances, whoever. If you have people in your life who are trying to insist to you four games in that Shane Beamer is not the guy. He's in over his head. They're questioning his status as head coach and his job security. Folks, those are not people that you need in your life. They're not. Block their numbers. Block them on social media. Get rid of all contact. Because those people, those are not people that you need in your circle. They are not people that you need to be conversating with. Listen, I respect people's opinions. I truly do. The beauty is in the banter. You guys have heard me say that over and over and over again. But if you are realistically sitting here this week, and there are actually people doing this, which is mind-blowing to me. It is mind-blowing. And this is coming from a guy that was the fire must champ guy, quote-unquote, that you guys know, if I thought the dude was dog shit, if I thought the coach wasn't good, I'd just tell you. I got no problem doing so. Hey, I'm not attached to the school in any type of way. The beauty of my business is I can say whatever I want. I don't have to answer to anybody. Say whatever I want. But through four games of year one of Shane Beamer, and there are really people that are trying to have that conversation. And it's not many, it's not many, but those are people you do not need to associate with at all in any way. They are certainly not friends of mine. So, again, I completely echo what Shane Beamer was saying. And it's just crazy to me, guys. It's crazy. And I understand college football fans are really, really passionate. Gamecock fans, some of the most, if not the most passionate in all of college football. But I just can't compute how, guys, there are eight more games to play. There are eight more games to play. Does that mean you shouldn't be critical? Does that mean you should be happy with the result that we had over the weekend? Which, again, it's crazy that it's it's Wednesday and we're still kind of dwelling on it. No, that doesn't mean you should be okay with that or that you shouldn't hold people who are making a lot of money to coach football accountable. But did anyone think in year one, this was going to be some smooth sailing, no bumps in the road? Oh, everything's just going to work out. Again, I said it earlier in the week, and I'll say it again. Those people who are even raising an eyebrow, if if you're even starting to question for two seconds, Shane Beamer and what he's doing, these were the people in the preseason that I tried to warn. They were the eight and four, nine and three crowd that don't understand how football or sports, for that matter, works. They just don't. Again, I respect all opinions, but some are better than others. Let's just call it for what it is. So be upset, be frustrated. A lot of things have got to change and get better by the time we get to Saturday against Troy. But For people to be insinuating that, oh, maybe Shane Beamer was the wrong guy. Maybe he's in over his head. Like, I will not entertain that conversation. I'm not going to entertain that conversation. And you shouldn't either. You shouldn't either. You knew what you were getting yourself into when you hired a head coach who had no head coaching experience. And I don't say that even. I don't even say that to look at the game against Kentucky and say that, oh, I put the loss on Shane Beamer. I'm not saying it for that reason, but you got to let them grow. You got to let them evolve. You got to let Shane Beamer and company build this thing. And hey, if Marcus Satterfield or Greg Atkins or any other parties need to go at end of season, Shane Beamer, I fully believe, will make the best possible move that's in the best interest of Cox football. That's why you hired him, because you believed he would do that, so I fully echo the sentiment. I'm glad Shane Beamer said it. The sky is not falling, guys. Does it suck to lose to Kentucky? Does it suck to lose the way you did? Yes. Yes, it does. No one is denying that. Does change have to happen? Does there have to be adjustments made? Do Do you have to respond to adversity the correct way? Yes. Yes to all those things. But the sky is not falling. I mean, it's crazy to me. I guess losing to Kentucky is like the the end-all, be-all for Gamecock fans. Gamecock fans can put up with a lot, but, man, losing to Kentucky? You guys do not take it very well. That is for sure. And it's like I said last week, if there was any other logo on that blue helmet other than the UK helmet, I don't know the Gamecock fans are that upset. I don't think Gamecock fans are overreacting the way they've been, but it's because it's Kentucky. Kentucky. And the majority of the South kind of fan base, for whatever reason, even after losing seven of eight, feels like we are so far above losing to a Kentucky. We are just so far above them as a program. And, guys, it's just a harsh reality that, you know what, right now, you're not. You're not. And I know that a lot of you don't like that because you should have read my DMs. You should have heard some voicemails I got. You should have seen some comments I've been getting all week. Gamecock fans need somebody to lash out at and somebody to blame it on and somebody to take out their frustration on. And I'll be that guy. That's totally fine. But, hey, if you don't like what I'm saying, if it hurts your feelings, tough shit. It's the truth. And it's okay. But get over yourself. It is what it is. Year one of a rebuild. Stress on the word rebuild. Rebuild. I think some people did not comprehend that when Shane Beamer got hired. The program was a dumpster fire when Shane Beamer got the job, guys. And one offseason is not going to fix all of the problems. And the greater point, by the way, of all of this, the greater point of it all, you're exactly where I picked you to be in preseason, and I still picked you to go to a bowl game, guys. Season's not over. The season's not over. But again, that's why I spent all week last week trying to jam perspective down your throat because many of you hearing the sound of my voice set such expectations on the Kentucky game where that's how you felt after the game had concluded and how you felt all week long that, oh, our season is over. We're done. It's over. Because we didn't beat Kentucky, we're not good enough to win this game, this game, this game, and this game. And guys, here's the reality. Kentucky's a better team than Tennessee. They're a better team than Missouri. They're better than a lot of teams you play. So just because you lose to a, oh, by the way, 4-0 and Kentucky team now does not mean that you're not going to win a game the rest of the way out. Now, of course, you've got issues you have to fix on your own side of things. But this reaction this week, and again, I didn't, even, I did not even plan to go on this rant, but it's just all week long. I mean, people used to come at me for being the, the negative guy. Oh, he, you, you know, people would tell me, oh, Chris feeds off negativity. He loves being negative. He, lo-. I had people that insinuated, I love to watch us lose because it was, it went with my fire must champ narrative. Like, like South kind of winning, is not going to help my business, which that's another side note. It really is baffling when you think about it, what we've been able to do with the Spurs Up show and building this platform and building this business behind a team that has not even won. It's really, truly remarkable. Again, that's a totally different different story, a side note, if you will. But people used to come at me for saying, I'm negative. Chris, you're negative. You love the negativity. And now I sit here it's so funny the shoe is on the other foot if you will. Life comes full circle. Because again I didn't I didn't plan to go on this rant but I'm getting so sick and tired of it. Hey, we lost the game. It sucks. It didn't go the way we wanted. Now you got to respond to adversity the right way. Guys, the OC's not getting fired this week. Greg Atkins is not getting fired this week. You're a slap dick if you think Shane Beamer should be fired. So, put your big boy pants on, wipe the tears away, put your tampon in, do whatever you got to do, and get over it, and let's look ahead to this weekend. Enough. Enough is enough. You're entitled to your opinion. Hey, it's a free country. You can bitch, you can moan, you can complain, you can come at me, you can do whatever you want. But there's a lot of people out there that need to stop being a bitch. Like, that's the only other way. I don't know how else to say it. Stop being a bitch. All the Facebook commenters and the the Twitter trolls with five followers and the Instagram commenters, just stop being a bitch. Maybe that's the new slogan for the season. Enough is enough. South Carolina was not supposed to beat a Kentucky program in a, with a ninth-year head coach. It would have been a greater indictment on Kentucky as a program than it is on South Carolina to lose the game. South Carolina wasn't supposed to win the game. Some of you are acting like South Carolina's the one with the ninth-year head coach, and Kentucky's the one with the first-year head coach. Guys, accept your reality. Buckle in. And get behind Shane Beamer because he's going to be here for a while. Marcus Satterfield's got at least one more season. I- I'm just, I'm just tired of it, bro. Like, I'm sick of it. I was wondering why I was feeling off Monday, Tuesday. It's like, God, I mean, it's it's just, it's exhausting. It's it's been exhausting to a degree. And hey, I'm built for it. It's fine. There have been much darker days over the last couple of years with the previous regime. Trust me. But be critical, demand more, but, my God, you knew what you were signing up for. Let them build. As Shane Beamer said, guys, the sky is not falling. You've got a great opportunity in your next three games, beginning on Saturday with Troy. Then you've got Tennessee, who's not very good. Then you've got Vandy, who is not very good at all. You could be sitting at 5-2. and two. And who on God's green earth is going to look back after your 5-2 and two and say, Oh, you know, well, we we lost to Kentucky, so it wasn't a great start of the year. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? So buckle in. Buckle in. Stop being a bitch and get behind Beamer. Life truly does come full circle because at one point you're the fire coach guy, and the next time you're not. So, hey, you lose to Troy this weekend, I give you permission to panic. If things reach a certain level, you can panic, but God, you lost one game guys. I mean, you're two and two. I I get it. You lost, you've lost two in a row, but you were supposed to get killed by Georgia. What did you expect? And Kentucky again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because my expectations were set properly. I picked you to lose. Hold people accountable, complain, do whatever you want to do, but Again, these people that are calling for Shane Beamer and questioning him as a head football coach—it's pure madness. It's lunacy. It's lunacy. It's lunacy. You know, it's—I it, I, just—I always sit back and laugh because, you know, I get paid to put out takes on social media, so I'm bound to put some out there that maybe you raise an eyebrow and say, "Well, that—that that wasn't a great opinion." Whatever. It is what it is. It happened. But I always am just baffled and just get a good laugh out of some of you out there putting out terrible takes and you're not even getting paid to do it. You're just making yourself, you're willingly making yourself like a fucking idiot. I can't compute that. So maybe think next time before you hit the send on the tweet. Maybe think next time before you post that comment in whatever Facebook group you're in or that comment in the Instagram. I just don't understand what some people thought they were signing up for. Guys, this is Gamecocks football. This is year one of a rebuild. The sky is not falling, as Shane Beamer said. He shouldn't have to come out and say that. But, unfortunately, he does. Buckle in. Embrace these dudes. Wrap your arms around them. And, hey, Shane Beamer, nor Marcus Satterfield, nor Clayton White, nor any coach in all of college football is immune from criticism and, hey, it's a results-oriented business. If you don't get the job done, you will be replaced. But, my God, it's year one, guys. It's year one. At least give him the opportunity to fail. Give him the opportunity to really fail. What do we have to lose, guys? Carolina's never won a damn thing in 100 years. Some of you acting like we have some great tradition to uphold. I mean, Jesus Christ, give the guy a chance. That's all I'm saying. Give him a chance. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I- I'm getting a little more fired up than I planned to here on a Wednesday. Um, Shane Beamer also. Luke Doty, up- updating his health. That was my biggest takeaway. One of my biggest takeaways is that, uh, you know, we're all questioning the offense. We're all questioning Satterfield. We're all questioning the play calling. And, uh, <laughs> well, comes out from Shane Beamer that, uh, yeah, Luke Doty was never really as healthy or, the injury was never as not bad as we thought it was. Uh, it sounds like the injury was much closer to a broken foot and as what it was originally reported by Mike Yuva. By the way, shout out Mike. He had that report and, hey, you know, he was right. He was right. I think the original report was much closer than, <laughs> than Shane Beamer when he tried to put out the fire fuel. Either way, whatever. Um, you know, Shane Beamer saying, hey, he's, he's not, he's, he's healthy enough to play, But if we ask him to go run a 40-yard dash, is he going to go run a 4-4? Is he going to run the best 40s of Iran? No. So, and we've been able to kind of see it the last couple of weeks, too. He's been a little bit gimpy. Hasn't had quite that explosiveness. But he's still your best option. He's still your best option. I just think that's interesting. Guys, like we said in the preseason, Beamer's first season, it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. There's just going to be things that happen that don't make a whole lot of sense. This is just kind of, I think, one of those things you're just kind of having to deal with. Hey, Luke Doty's your best option, even not at 100%. That that just, it is what it is. It is what it is. So hopefully this weekend, we see a little bit closer at least to 100% of Luke Doty, if not fully 100%. Because, you know, I think we all agree, his athleticism is something this offense desperately, and I mean desperately, needs right now to get the football moving. Other than that, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy from Shane Beamer. Uh, obviously, just looking ahead to the Troy game. Again, did not expect to go on that rant, but I, I just, I, I feel like I've been keeping it together pretty well, um, reading all the nonsense and hearing the nonsense. And like I said, guys, after Kentucky, that's when I knew I was like, okay, it really is killing a of football season now because, you know, Everything was great over the preseason. Everything was happy over the summer. All C phillys content was so great, and you know all the messages were all loving and all that. And the support, by the way, guys, has still been incredible. Whatever, but after Kentucky, that's when I was like, okay, now it's kind of football season. This is how, this is how I remember it, because my comments were, you should have seen some of the shit people were saying. Some of the voicemails I got. <laughs> Wouldn't play them back to you. Put it that way. So, um, people are in their feelings. They're in their emotions. They're upset. Stop being a bitch. I tried to tell y'all preseason, you don't want to listen. Stop being a bitch, bro. Let Shane Beamer build. Let him work. Let him grow. If we're still having these problems in four or five years, okay, we can reassess then, but it's year one. It's year one. All right, let's move into our gambling plays. Uh, Best bet for South Carolina Troy. This is a really interesting gambling line for the game this weekend, guys. Gamecocks opened up as a nine-point favorite. That line actually dropped. So money coming in on Troy, money coming in on Troy. The line settles now at South Carolina, a seven-point favorite. The over-under set at 43-and-a-half. Now, we all understand the situation that's at hand this weekend and that South Carolina needs to do everything in their power to, outside of getting a win, build confidence, right? Get a big win and build confidence. With that being said, guys, and I'm not ready to make a score prediction, obviously that'll happen Friday. I think Troy is actually a sneaky good team. What scares me is this. You know, I I labeled East Carolina as the most important game of the season, and and I I totally stick by that because, hey, the only reason that things really aren't hitting the fan right now is because you were able to beat East Carolina on a last-second field goal. The only reason you still have the potential of making a bowl game is because you got that win over East Carolina. But in the preseason, I'll be honest, I looked at Troy as actually a better team than ECU. (laughs) And you weren't able to push around ECU. I mean, you weren't able to dominate them in any way. So – I could see this being a close game, no doubt. And I know people are going to cringe and hate hearing that, but too bad. I could see this being a close competitive ball game. So I'll tell you this. If you could get South Carolina, if that line drops below seven, if you can get them at six and a half, I say take the Gamecocks. Take the Gamecocks. That's the only way to play it. On the flip side, when I first saw the line open at nine, I said if South kind of goes to a 10-point favorite, I'm taking Troy. Because I, I think a touchdown is damn near right for this one. I think a touchdown is, 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 in the from the gambling sense, I think Vegas, it's a pretty fair number they hit. I look at the total in this ballgame, guys, 43-and-a-half, and you think to yourself, God, that's such a low total. First things first, the defense, South Carolina has been dominant defensively. I mean, they they've, they've been outside of the Georgia game, which that's Georgia. Who cares? The Gamecocks defense has more than held their own. And so I'm done, at least for now, doubting this defense and that, you know, Troy's just going to throw it all over you and run it up and down the field. So I think your defense will show up. How can you trust the Gamecocks offensively? Yes, it's lesser competition. Yes, you should be able to win some matchups, I think, on the outside. Again, starting tomorrow, we'll get much more in-depth to all of these. But... I just don't see a scenario where this is like a 20, like a 35 to 27 game. I just don't see that. I don't see that. And I could be totally off base. I could be totally wrong, but guys, I think the under 43 and a half, it's the only play in this game. It's the only play. Um, I I think South gonna still figuring things out offensively. Gamecocks offensive line hasn't shown they can block a soul, not just SEC opponents, but anybody. So what tells you the Gamecocks are going to find any offensive rhythm or identity or consistency this weekend? And so for that reason, again, I think under 43.5, you know, you couple what South Carolina's got right now, a bad offense with a pretty good defense. I think it's a no-brainer. Under 43.5, my best bet for South Carolina Troy. Guys, with that being said, let's move to SEC gambling picks for week Five and boy oh boy, we got a good slate of games. It's all presented to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, guys. So many of you have signed up for Prize Picks. So many of you are winning money on Prize Picks. So again, I appreciate you all your love and support with the Prize Picks platform. If you have not done so, guys, you are truly missing out on the fun Prizepicks.com or go download the prizepix app guys use t-s-u-s the code t-s-u-s when you download the app or go to the site use it at sign up you're gonna get a hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars guys prizepix is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries yes prop play so like over under yards passing yards rushing touchdowns interceptions anything you can think of That's what it's focused on. You can pick two to five players. It can win up to 10 times on any entry guys. Prospects also has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. So it's just you against the projection. Price picks also allows for mixed sports entry. So, guys, for example, you can take the over on Josh Van receiving yards and the under on Tom Brady passing yards. So it doesn't just have to be college. You can do college. You can do pro. uh, You can do MLB. You can do anything. You can do anything. And what the great thing is, though, guys, you just mentioned, or you heard me mention, college. There's no other platform out there that you can bet over-unders on college players except for prize picks. Prize pick also has a slight, slick, excuse me, slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both in the App Store and Google Play. They're a 4.8-star rate in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, again, if you don't have prize picks right now, guys, I think we've had, like, over 100 sign-ups, which is incredible. These guys hit me up in the preseason and said, hey, man, we'd love to partner up with you. Take a look at our app. What do you think? I said, this is genius doing the prop plays. And some of the plays, guys, are so so easy. They're so easy. It's like a no-brainer. You can win so much money on this app. So, again, guys, it's your friends over at PricePix. PricePix.com and or download the Price Picks app and use the code, the invite code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All right, with that being said, guys, let's get into our SEC gambling picks for Week 5. We will start... Georgia taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks. The dog's a 19-point favorite. The over under set at 48 and a half. You know, it's crazy, guys. There are some really intriguing matchups this weekend, but some really big spreads on them. Again, you see what Arkansas is number. They're a 19-point underdog against the Georgia Bulldogs. Can Arkansas possibly dethrone Georgia, pull off the upset? I don't know, guys. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. I-, I think that, you know, again, they were my national title pick before the season. They're my SEC championship pick, of course. I think Georgia's on a different level. However, I think points will be scored over 48 and a half, my pick, when the Dogs take on the Razorbacks. Let's move to Missouri and Tennessee. Mizzou a three-point favorite. The over under set at 65. Mizzou doesn't know who their quarterback is. Tennessee's got a whole slew of problems. Give me under 65 in this one. I think it'll be a pillow fight. Uh, Bama against Ole Miss. Here's another one. Bama against Ole Miss. Bama a 15-point favorite. Over-under. Get this, guys. The over-under's at 80 total points. That is so many points. I know these offenses are really, really good. Both play optional defense, but 80 is a lot. But I'm not touching the total, guys. Believe it or not, I'm not touching the total. Most folks are going to jump to Ole Miss plus 15. And, guys, I'll tell you what. You don't get rich betting against Alabama. Bama flexes their muscles this weekend. I got Bama covering the 15. You know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm not going down swinging on anybody else other than the Alabama Crimson Tide. Kentucky against Florida. Florida, an 8.5-point favorite. The opener said at 55 of course, the Gamecocks just play Kentucky. Kentucky getting the W. I don't think Kentucky's a great team, though, and I think the Gators do have a lot of talent still, starting to figure things out. Give me the Gators to cover the 8.5. I think they win by double digits. A&M against Mississippi State. A&M a and a 7 point favorite. The over set at 46. A&M's got to bounce back. They have to bounce back, and they will. Aggies cover the 7. Give me A&M minus Seven, Vandy against UConn. And this one's a game a lot of folks are looking forward to, not because it's a high-profile matchup, but two of the worst teams in all of college football. Vandy, a 14-point favorite. The over-under set at 51 Guys, I can't pick Vandy to beat anybody by two touchdowns. I think, again, this is the greatest pillow fight in all the college football season. The under 51, this is going to be ugly. If you like bad football, Vandy UConn is where your TV should be locked on. LSU against Auburn. LSU a three-and-a-half point favorite. over is at 55. Guys, I know this pick is not going to make any sense, but I think that's why I'm taking it. I like Auburn plus three-and-a-half. I think Auburn loses by a field goal in this game. I think it's a close back-and-forth competitive game. Both these teams have issues. Let's not pretend like they don't. Both these teams have issues. Auburn, of course, coming off of that freaking comeback win over Georgia State. I think they keep it close. I would not be shocked if Auburn pulled pulled it off and got the win. Because, again, you know what? It makes no sense. And college football as a whole makes no sense. Give me Auburn, the Tigers, plus three and a half. By the way, (laughs) how conveniently I skip over our record from last week, by the way. Uh, Rough week for yours truly. Two and six. Last week, believe it or not, though, we still have we still have a winning record on the season 22 and 18 overall. But we need, I mean, we need a bounce back week this week. Also, the best bet, guys, is two and two in regards to South Carolina. So, again, two and six last week, 22 and 18 overall. We got to have a big bounce back weekend this week. And I'm feeling it. I think we're going to have a big weekend this weekend. Um, so, that's going to do it, guys, again, for me. Best bet for South Carolina, Troy, under 43 and a half. You couple that bad South Carolina offense currently with a pretty solid defense. That under feels pretty damn good to me. But again, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. What an electric Wednesday, guys. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Have a great rest of your hump day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.